0: Welcome to Slacks. I'm Mathilde. I'm Mallory. I'm Dorina. And this week we are going to continue answering your questions. We had so many sent through from all of you guys that we just had to split it into
1: two. Too many. Thanks for all the questions. Thank you. So this is You Asked, We Answered Part 2. Yeah, you guys right. are going through some stuff. And we are going through some stuff with you to give you some kind of unsolicited advice, non-professional caveat Advice Holding your lesbian not hands not, not profesh. profesh But holding your lesbian hand um, So I'm going to dive straight in We have a question from Fanny Great name Fanny Perfect um, And the question is My new girlfriend's sex drive Actually, she said, my new girlfriend's sex dive, but I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to read between the lines on <laughs> My new girlfriend's sex drive is through the roof, but mine just isn't. And it's, it all feels a bit overwhelming. I want to keep her happy, but don't feel like having sex twice a day is for me. How do we reach a place where we are both happy?
2: Mm. Ooh, great question. What do we think? First of all, twice a day is a lot, but. When you're in the beginning of a relationship, I feel like sex drives are at an all-time high. And that's yeah. kind of to be expected. Correct. So I guess my question is, why is her sex drive so low?
1: I mean, we're assuming that they're in the... Be- well, she did say my new girlfriend, yes. yeah, So they are in yeah. the beginning yeah. stages of a relationship. I think, you know, you're absolutely right, Mal, in saying that at the beginning of a relationship, everyone's at an all-time peak. Totally. And then you level out into, like, your normal state of being. Mm. But... If the case is that you're at the very beginning of a relationship and your sex drive is... Although, I mean, twice a day can be a lot, though. Is it reasonable?
0: That's my question. Is it reasonable to expect twice a day? Because people have stuff to do.
2: Yeah, but it depends on when. Like, is it morning night i mean if you're working a full-time job which you know i think a lot of people do you could either do it twice at night or twice in the morning i mean it just mm. depends on the division of you labor. you could
0: count it as exercise and just stop going to the gym <laughs> that's true or just quit work and I just mean, quit work <laughs> and, work and like, home. become an escort wow. for your girlfriend i think there is, true.
2: there is um there is something that I think an orgasm burns like X amount of calories. I forgot Definitely. what that number is, but we can get back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think in general, it's it's normal. I mean, everyone has different sex drives. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just say that's that's just yeah. a normal part of us being humans. We're yeah. all different. We're not all at uh, different times of our lives as well. I totally. think things go up and down. How now. old did she mention her age? In no, there? there was no age. Okay. Um, so I mean. I guess I'm assuming based on our demographics, she must be anywhere in her 20s to 30s-ish, something like that. Um, But yeah, I don't think you should feel bad if you don't want to have sex twice a day, if that's not your thing, you know. Mm. Um, But I do think that at the beginning of a relationship, it's important to make somebody feel like they're wanted and desired. Um, And that's something that I think is the thing that you need to relay to that person especially in a new relationship mm. um so maybe you can show it in other ways besides just being you know completely physical totally and i think as
1: well it's important to mention that twice a day is not sustainable it will not always be like this seven days a week fanny so if you're thinking that uh this is like an input into the rest of your life with this girl it's unlikely you are in the first flushes of a relationship and rest assured things will pan out and i think you will probably reach a level where you're both happy but i don't think that twice a day every day seven days a week is something that you're you're gonna have to have for forever that's a great right? point yeah. yeah, there's
0: I, plenty of intimacy that you can have without having full-on intercourse.
1: Yeah, I would say just enjoy it right now. It is, however, a legitimate point if right now you're feeling like twice a day is too much. If you feel like forever and ever twice a day is too much, that's one thing. But if you're feeling like right now it's too much, then I would say maybe have just have an open conversation. If this is someone that you really like and you do want to, you know... I'm not saying spend the rest of your life with, but have like a relationship with, then start opening that channel of communication. It doesn't have to be like a big, serious conversation. Just say, listen, um,
2: you know, I don't know how you'd put it, actually. How would you put it? Um, I don't know if I would address a conversation at the beginning, because that's a bit OTT in the start of a relationship. Don't you think? Or I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I would just buckle up for the marathon and then hope to, <laughs> <laughs> and hope that it just subsided yeah. after. If I was really not into having sex twice a day, I would just yeah. hope. Like I'd be like, all right, gotta gotta work this out. You know, build my endurance, and then hope that in a few months' time that my partner would be exhausted and then not want to do it. Twice I'm a
1: day. I'm kind of inclined to agree. Actually, <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure how good this advice actually is, but basically, we're saying just crack on, and it'll probably figure itself out in a while.
2: Yeah. Or Or, if you, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Or be like really giving
0: (laughs) and like mentally just like make notes about what to buy for dinner, or like think about other stuff when you're like being very giving instead of actually having to engage physically.
2: Great point. Mm -hmm. You could just start cooking for her all the time, so that you guys are in food calmas and there is no sex involved after. Really
0: stodgy, heavy food. Totes. Like if she's allergic to now taking.
2: <laughs> Fanny, I'm sorry if we haven't fully addressed your question, but I think it's a good problem to be having now. So hopefully you either stick it out or you just start cooking a lot of potatoes and pasta and hope that mm. you guys fall asleep.
1: <laughs> Thanks for your question, Fanny. <laughs> I so, feel like we've Fanny? done a terrible job by Fanny, but it's <laughs> honest. I mean, yeah. we said no, our was advice that compromise might compromise
0: and communication. And carbs. And, and carbs. Oh yeah. my God, the three Cs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the most important thing, though, is that all relationships, I think, should start off like that. If you're not like crazy, you know, going after each other and you are really into the person, yeah. like that's also a little bit strange unless you genuinely have a lower sex drive, which is also normal. Mm. I agree. I yeah. think, you know i think all relationships really need that chemistry kickstart
1: like you've you've got to have chemistry yeah. and and build on the other things totally. which should be coming reasonably naturally but if you're lacking chemistry in the beginning it might be something i mean maybe somebody might want a relationship like that but yeah if it's not right in the beginning then totally. you're kind of starting off maybe on the wrong foot get out mm-hmm.
2: yeah. get out of it get out of-
1: <laughs> all right cool thanks for your question, Fanny. Next question. I just uh, yeah. like saying her name. Fanny. <laughs> it's
0: a great name. We've got another good one actually. We've got Marina um asking us. She says, I've always seen myself adopting and spoken about it openly. After going to see Instant Family with my girlfriend of three years, she says that she wants to carry her own kids and would never adopt. Instant Family, by the way, is a film that's just come out, I think, with Mark Wahlberg where they foster kids Mm. so i think he's all about like fostering kids and things like when we spoke about it in the past she seemed to like the fact that i wanted to adopt now i don't know if things have changed or if she never saw us as a long-term thing we still don't live together and have no plans for the future am i stupid to feel like she's holding out for something better or do i start looking for someone who wants to plan a life I'm 32 and feel like things should be moving forward.
1: There is layer upon layer yeah. of that question. Yeah. I'm going to jump right in yeah, and say, if you're in, I mean, each to their own, but if you're in a relationship for three years and you're still not living together is one thing because circumstances and everything else. But if you don't have any plans for the future when you're three years in, I would I would say that would be a big red flag for me. Um, not living together would be one thing, you know, circumstances, maybe finances, et it might not be a situation. But I think if you do see a future with someone, you you talk about the future and you plan the future. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little mm. red flagged all over the place, I think, by that.
2: I, I, yeah, I think the issue with children, everybody has different thoughts about it. And I think that, Even when Francesca and I were discussing um, children, you know, the topic of adoption did come up. And for us, it wasn't something that we were really considering, to be completely frank, um, only because we felt that having two um, operative ovens would be a great way to kind of, you know, bring children into the world, right? Um, But that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, now looking, you know, that was us having this conversation three or four years ago. Um, My view on adoption um, has changed. You know, I wouldn't be opposed to adopting. And I think that when you have these conversations with a potential partner, you know, people always think that it's this, you know, you you make up your mind at a certain point in your life and you think this is it. This is my way or the highway. And I think that actually people can adapt to different ways of, totally. uh, you know, your viewpoints on children or what family is or how you make that family. Um, so I think just because, you know, she's she maybe has a different opinion about adoption, um... That's not necessarily a bad thing, and I think it's something you have to think you have to talk about really openly. Yeah. Um, so she said she saw the film, and yeah,
0: I think maybe they never really had an, an out-and-out hour, hour conversation about. It. it sounds like maybe she didn't feel like it was super clear mm. that her girlfriend was not considering adoption at all, mm. or maybe had said it at the beginning and then changed her mind after watching this film, sort of brought up the conversation. But I mean, I'd say that if you really differ on quite a big thing, then I think it is a bit of a problem because if Marina has definitely seen herself adopting since forever and it's something that really matters to her and her her girlfriend won't even consider it, I think that's quite a big one. It's a little bit like, I want to have kids, I don't want to have kids, like it's quite Mm. a big thing and... One of the two is going to have to relent at some point. Otherwise, it just feels like one of the very
1: big core cool values of a relationship is just not quite shared. Yeah, I would be concerned about um, the communication in the relationship. Mm. Sorry, Marina. But I mean, if this is something that, as you've said to us, that you have wanted to do forever and ever, I would be surprised that on the back of just seeing a movie that your girlfriend In the knowledge, if this had been communicated, that this is something incredibly important to you that you've wanted for forever, would just go, oh, no, I don't want that anymore. Actually, I want to have kids um, in a different way. That just strikes me as really unusual. Mm. And either your girlfriend wasn't aware that that's something that was hugely important to you, which is, you know, Mm. it should have been communicated if it wasn't then there's something quite remiss about that. But in any case, it, it seems like you guys are at a little bit of an impasse and I think either compromise and maybe your girlfriend um, would be willing to compromise given that she seems to have changed her mind quite quickly if it's something yeah. that's been important to you forever. But also the other layers in your um, question, which is, It's all about communication and it's all about if you want to plan for the future, have you told your girlfriend that you want to plan for the future? If you want to move in together, have you, have you had that discussion or is it just some things that are like elephants in the room that you guys aren't talking about? I think you guys just need to get real about it and just have a really open conversation, get it all out and see where you're at. Mm. That might mean staying together. It might mean breaking up, but at least you'll know.
2: Yeah. And the good news is it sounds like you both want children, but how that happens is actually up for discussion. So mm. that's actually a really good problem to have. I think it's fine if you want the same outcome, but you don't necessarily know how you're gonna get there. So don't or be you too might, discouraged. Or you might not want it together. Yeah, that's, that's there's thing. that too.
0: There is that too. But after so. three years, you can definitely talk about the I mean it's you know it's not too soon to talk about if there's a future together or not. I think you Depends should definitely have that. Sh- well, she's 32. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: 32. So that's, yeah, that's a yeah, good. She's I think 32. that's kind of
0: why she's feeling a little bit the pressure of, of uh, talking about the future because maybe as it happened to all of us at that age, all of our friends are getting married or, you know, doing big life changes and she's probably feeling the pressure as well. Yeah.
1: Mm. Communication. Yeah. Have a good chat, get it all out and see where you're at. Yeah. And carbs. Carbs, communication. And what was the other C? Clarity. Compromise. Compromise. Compromise, communication, and carbs. carbs.
2: Carbs does not relate to this one. Carbs solved our first question. <laughs> That's, true. I mean, That's true. That's true. It always helps. Yeah, you're right. Just Next like question.
0: discuss over a plate of pasta.
2: I love pasta. <laughs> so then you
1: can fall asleep rather than break up.
2: And then you can deal with it tomorrow um right thank you for the question what was her name again marina marina um so we have another question here from lisa um who is asking i have been in a relationship for a year now and have never been happier however i'm concerned i'm starting to lose some contact with my friends and i'm feeling out of the loop i've recently had to cancel on friends due to things out of my control and i'm feeling guilty about it with such a busy life in london How do you balance work, relationship, and friends without getting completely stressed out and not losing friends along the way, Lisa? I think that's a very typical thing to happen in the beginning of most relationships. This isn't, like, a specific gay relationship thing. I think this is something that happens to most friendships. And I've mourned many of my friendships in the past, um, even, you know, back in America, when my friends have gotten new boyfriends, or even here where my friends have had new girlfriends. And, you know, especially when you have really close relationships with somebody and you know, you've either relied on them, you hang out with them a lot. And it goes from like intensity to just cold. And Mm. then they're gone. And, you know, there Mm. is a certain expectation of they're under the duvet and having a great time. And there is an element of accepting that. And I think that that's you should be um, giving a lot to a relationship in the beginning, but once that haze has subsided, it is very important to keep your friends you know it a part of your life because you know at the end of the day, if you were to break up let's say your friends are going to be there for you um and I think that healthy friendships you should always be fostering friendships um just because friends are friends are important
0: mm. I think all of your relationships are important, whether it 's like romantic or friendships and stuff and I think it would be weird if at the beginning of a new relationship, you went completely like in each other's pocket to start with. I would be worried if a friend of mine was still kind of hanging out as much as when they were single, when they had a new relationship, I'd kind of be probably wondering what's up with, you know, are they mm. not happy together or is it not mm. working out or mm. what's kind of keeping them from spending that initial time together. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to foster all relationships and and, and I think, I think yeah, I agree with you. I think the, the the sort of initial period, and then after that, kind of subside, then sort of open up the the friendship group, and kind of make sure that you could bring the friendship group group together. You know, yeah. I mean, if you've got like an active group of friends, then you can kind of all sort of come together and, and cross, and maybe make new friends, and yeah, and that would be quite nice.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's really important not to neglect your friendships, and I think it's also really healthy. Um, you know, within relationships to actually have your own time. And I think that was one of the things I found the most attractive about Francesca. And I think equally her with me is that we both had our separate friends. We had our separate lives, but we could also bring our lives together, but happily also keep our lives or certain friends apart. And it was important for her to... Um, you know go out with her friends and it was equally important to me to actually spend time with my friends and foster my relationships with my friends as well Um, and I found that really attractive because it just to me and obviously this is my experience and it's not the case for everybody but I found her independence and her independent relationships incredibly attractive and I also valued that she valued her friendships and put that time and energy into her friends Hmm. because it also showed me that like She doesn't need me. She wants to be with me. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So there's like a huge difference there. And I think that in lesbian relationships specifically, the lines can be quite blurred very, very easily. And that's why I think you have to make a little bit more of a concerted effort to um, catch it, be self-aware of it, and then, you know, move on. Yeah,
0: I also think for a lot of LGBTQ people your friendship group can become your family. If your family situation isn't quite so accepting, if you struggled, if you've been bullied or whatever, once you find your um, your gay family, that becomes almost as good as a family, almost more yeah. than a family. And it's like sometimes a lot of the time is the first time you've been really accepted. And, and it's a really, really important support network that does deserve to be fostered. Mm.
1: I think to kind of take a slightly different perspective on it. I think it can be. I think it can be hard in in one way when you're the person who's in a, a brand new relationship, and it's hard to to balance everything, especially in London. And I also think that like when your friends get used to you being around all the time because Mm. you're single and you want Mm. to spend that time with your friends, that there can be a period of adjustment for everybody when that person isn't around as much anymore. And I think when that person isn't around as much anymore, it doesn't mean they're sacking off their friendships. Mm. They're still there. They're still in contact. They're still, like, you know, ready to hang out. But they're Mm. just not as available anymore. And I think Mm. it can come across quite easily that oh you've just fallen off the planet because you've got a girlfriend and it's not always like that it's just Mm. I'm still here Mm. I'm still hanging out I'm Mm. still like want to talk to you want to check in hope you're great hope everything's good but I'm not going to be at everything anymore because I have another person in my life that I'm you know I'm really serious about and I'm I'm trying to make a life with and I need to prioritize them and Maybe this person who's then in the the question could be quite introverted and loves having their alone time and their downtime. Maybe they work really hard. Maybe they need to sleep and chill and like all of these factors. I think it can be a little bit hard on the person in the relationship when it's oh you've just fallen off the face of the planet because you've got a girlfriend I think it's much more Mm. um much 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 more complicated than that Mm. and I think we all just need to be everybody just needs to be kind to everybody and you know they haven't fundamentally changed yeah they're still there they're just not as available to hang out anymore but there's they're still your friends. They're yeah, still course. there. Of course. Don't get angry with them because they're not around as much anymore. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree.
2: And there is that element of fostering a relationship. And that is so important, especially if you're so serious about the person and you know you can actually see a future with them. I think all of planting those roots, to your point, Matilde earlier, incredibly important. And that, that is stuff that needs to be done. On the other hand, I think and it's and it's very normal, but I do think at some point you have to recognize that in a in friendships, especially the types it depends on your types of friendships by the way, Lisa. Like I don't know, you know, if you're really close and what kind of time you were spending with people, but I do think that there is maybe it may not be hanging out all the time, but maybe then it's dedicating certain time to your friends because everyone's lives are really busy in London. I'm constantly exhausted by my work, personal life and friends and activities and all the things but I think balance is a really important thing to kind of nail especially as we get older and it's making time for the people who make time for you or who really love you so I think that you know it's it's a balancing act fundamentally so
1: yeah so Lisa in conclusion I think what we're saying is it's all about balance and balance can be really really difficult to achieve um, but look after yourself as well, you know, if you're finding things stressful, don't put yourself under too much pressure to to get everything right. Balance will come when it comes, right? Just yeah. maybe be aware of it. Don't write off your friends. Don't let your friends write you off. Mm. Keep your relationship going. Keep work going. It takes It takes, I mean, time and effort to get balance right. But you'll get there in the end. Thanks, Lisa. All right. Next question um this question is from stephanie i'm 16 going to college in northern ireland where hey sorry um (laughs) i'm out but it's really hard i can't wait to move to london when i'm 18 to do you have any tips for making um lesbian friends or finding safe housing
0: i mean d i mean obviously with the irish connection do you how easy was it for you I mean actually it doesn't really matter Ireland or not I think it's the same for everyone that a has come from a different country where maybe being gay isn't quite so isn't quite so easy to be out um, and is looking at London as this place paved with gold where all the gays hold hands and yep. Which, you know, it's
1: it's, it's pretty true, but... Um... It's kind of true. I mean, I definitely found that. So I, Stephanie, thank you for your question. Um, I couldn't wait to get out of my hometown, um, which is Cork in ireland and it is small there and it was pretty claustrophobic there and everybody knew everybody else and and it wasn't really where i wanted to be and i actually originally had no plans to move to london at all i never even considered it um as a living situation i wanted to move to the u.s but that's not easy you You need visas and shit yeah like out of university Yeah, yeah yeah i was gonna move to boston
2: Wow. Yeah. Look Funny story. That. Why not yeah. San Fran?
1: Well, Fred I lived in San Francisco for yeah, four months exactly. once and then I lived in Boston for another few months and it was because Boston was closer to that. Like Boston came just after I left uni. And I had like a friendship group there and I had like a nice little setup. So I was like, I'll just huh. go back and, and pick that right up. But yeah. no, visas. Yeah. Not easy. Damn
2: visas. Um, Borders.
1: So exactly. So I ended up um, getting an internship and, and moving to London. And I'll be honest, it takes real commitment to settle into London and make a life for yourself in London. You've really, really, really got to want it. A few times it, it was really tough, actually quite quite a number of times where, you know, certain things might happen in your life and you realize that you really don't have a support network yet because it takes years to build that up. And, you know, there was a few times that things got difficult and, It got super difficult because I realised my options were stay in the difficult place, which was London, or go home to the even more difficult place, which was Cork. So I was like, well, London's the lesser of two evils. But it was because I really, really wanted to be here, I just really stuck it out. And I think all in all, it took at least two and a half to three years to really feel settled here to feel like I'd put some roots down to feel like I had a support network I had friends I had a social life like I had all of these things but it does come good in the end and I think everybody that I've actually had similar conversations with have said the same that it takes round about two and a half to three years to really find your feet and to put roots down and have all of those things but if you want it you can completely have it just be committed to it and be aware that it's not always going to be easy but it comes good in the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think she especially is, sounds like she's keen to make lesbian friends um, or at least he's kind of asking, how do I do that? And I think to kind of go back to the previous question, how do I find that family? For me, I found it quite good to, um, I was on a dating app and uh, they were holding events and uh one day i saw that there was an event coming up um that was going to was going to be quite soon and i didn't know any other lesbian and i thought okay well i don't know anyone else that would come with me and i'm not going to drag a straight friend there cuz it wouldn't be fair and also i don't know it didn't seem right um and so i went on my own which was absolutely terrifying um really scary but I had a great time and I didn't meet anyone that I fancied, but I made some really good friends that are friends with me, but we're very good friends to this day. Um, and it took me a lot of courage because it was scary to be A, out and B, actively out. In fr- One thing is to have a dating profile up there on an app. Another thing is to walk into a party full of people and it's just you on your own and you're like, hi, this is me, yep. I like ladies Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, i would never even gone to a club on my own. I'd never gone really to a party on my own unless I knew someone else there. So on top of that, there's the whole vulnerability and exposure of just kind of going, Mm -hmm. yep, I'm pretty gay. Um, And that was scary, but it did pay off. So I think there's a tiny bit of courage in there of kind of going, you know, a lot of people are likely to be in the same place as me, and there's going to be people on their own or people with just another person and and if I'm kind of just there and I have a little bit of courage, I might meet someone and and it did work for me mm-hmm. um but it but you know you can find party friends fairly easily, yeah, yeah. it's those proper like good friends that it's going to be a little bit harder, but I think that's the case with everyone mm-hmm. uh, and in probably in every city, I mean some cities will be smaller and and friendlier than london, but But it's still going to be, it's still going to take a little while to have properly good friendships.
2: Yeah. Was that first night out the DJ one where you were hovering really close to the DJ?
0: (laughs) No, it was a her party. Oh,
2: yeah. All right. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I think when I first moved to the UK, um, I was really attracted to the... Um, lesbian (laughs) parties, and I think going to some of the gay bars was a little bit intimidating because I felt lesbians were a little bit clicky, but, um, that being said, I met a lot of my friends through just other people and also first dates that didn't go well as a first date, but like no chemistry, but we liked each other as friends, so that's also an option, you could, you know, and it's also called, you can do speed dating for friends. So there's the thing. Uh, yeah, on one of the her apps or Tinder or so on and so forth. There's lots of ways to meet other um, lesbians in the city, and I think London is a great, great place to uh, to do that. There's meetups
0: as well. Meetups. There's loads of groups on Meetup where if you don't like going to clubs, um or you know you don't drink or you don't want to drink too much or whatever, there's loads of like lesbians going to museums together, or, like all those kind of weird groups, or lesbians go hiking or like <laughs> bi-friendly pub, whatever. Lesbians go
2: hiking. Yeah. What? Yeah. There's what loads. Okay.
0: Um, so whatever like, your your preference is, the, the one of the great things about London is that there's just going to be a group for it, and there's going to be someone that kind of shares that passion so don't hold back definitely go in there um also for you mentioned housing as well Mm. um and yeah i think we can safely agree that like you and you feeling safe wherever you live is incredibly important and it needs to be somewhere that is kind of lgbt friendly nowadays for what i could i could see um all the websites like spare room Um, Gumtree have a box that you can tick where it says LGBT friendly um, or you can kind of filter by yeah, gay friendly or put that in the search bar and you'll find like-minded people that you can live with will accept you exactly as you are.
1: Thank you for your question. I think just, you know, get yourself out there. There is plenty of opportunity in London to make. I mean, we've all done it. We've all been transplanted here via other countries and cities and, and we've all... Um, managed to make lives for ourselves and, and meet each other and start this podcast totally. so if that's possible would, anything's possible
2: she's 16 right
1: mm-hmm. yeah. you're gonna
2: have so much fun you don't even know you're only really 16 <laughs> like just wait 17 Two 18 19 like it's all gonna be so much fun and then you're gonna be like alright not a non-issue
1: start saving now though if you have a part time job yeah. start saving your pennies because London is fucking expensive that I will yep. say that's true
2: um, get a friend that's a bartender Um, so the next question we have is from Daisy. Um, so Daisy writes, I'm 35 and I've just broken up with a guy feeling heartbroken and introspective about it all. Um, it's made me question whether I might be gay, although I like this guy and this was really rare. And I think I may have been in love with some of my best friends in the past. I really want to reach out and talk to somebody about this. And I'm scared of what people will think about me. And I don't know how to do it or what to say. Daisy. Um. Well, you're clearly a little gay. A little bit. A little bit, and that's okay. Could be a little bi. Whatever. A little bit gay. A little bit bi. A little bit whatever. You're definitely not not straight. Super straight. (laughs) Um. No, but it's tough. And I feel like when you're older and you're realizing, you know, how old is she?
0: Thirty-five.
2: I think that that that's a tough. It's not a tough age. But it is a little bit like, okay, what have I been doing for this long? You know, you're starting to realize these things and that you might have fallen in love with some of your friends in the past, but you didn't realize that that, that's what that was. Um, No one's going to think you're weird and no one's going to put you down. You find the person that you feel closest to, to talk to your best friend, um, to confide in, or there are lots of groups out there that you can come and reach out to and, you know, have a conversation about the, these, you know, your feelings or what you think you've experienced in the past. But I think, um, what you're feeling is normal. And I think what we're, what we're going through, um, at, at this point and, you know, in this year, this is this something that I feel like I say a lot, but especially if you're living in London or if you're living in a big city, there are so many places you can meet women and, you know, explore, explore this side. Mm-hmm. Right. What do you guys think? I
0: always think if there's something in your psyche that's sort of bubbling up in a certain way, it's always good to speak to maybe a counsellor or just to kind of have that conversation and really bring stuff up and, and kind of have that weekly check in with what's going on in your mind. It doesn't have to be for years. It can just be for six months or But I think if at the moment you're going through a difficult time with the breakup and you're having all these mixed up feelings and you're kind of reconsidering your past, it will probably be quite helpful for you to speak to um, a therapist or a counselor. Um, And just to kind of even to sometimes to just put it into words with someone that, you know, is not going to judge you at all. It's very freeing um, and it might just kind of help tidying up
2: your Uh, mind. I also think like you should hook up with a woman or two or three or four or 5. Like I no seriously because if you feel like you fall in love with your friends in the past there's clearly a side of you that you want to explore and I think that's super exciting. That was my favorite part of understanding my sexuality was getting out there and being really excited about um just getting to know women in a different way and 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 even just another woman being interested in, in me in a different way that I was used to in a, from a platonic relationship with women, right? And mm-hmm. um, I never really fell in love with any of my friends, maybe one a long, long time ago, but that was an accident because it's always an accident. But I think that, like, it's exciting and I think that you should be excited. You should not feel any ounce of, like, guilt or shame. It is what it is and you may not fully be gay and who gives a shit, you know? Um yeah, so have fun. I think have fun. Get on an app, do something like that. Go on a date. It might feel weird, but just do it.
1: Definitely, just explore it. Have fun. But to Matilda's point, be mindful of your mental health. Make sure if you're having um, a hard time with anything, just if you have the means or the possibility to go for maybe some therapy or some counselling, or or even confide in a close friend. But don't do it alone. Um, confide in your support network and try and have fun with it as well. Everything will be good in the end.
0: Are we considering the possibility that she might in fact not be gay and confusing very close female friendships of the past for crushes? Because at the moment, um, she's kind of quite confused about this past relationship that's just finished. And she's maybe kind of looking at her backstory and, and, and kind of thinking
2: because she hasn't met the right guy yet <laughs> <laughs> i mean
0: we never met the right guy yeah, clearly. So. <laughs>
2: that's what some guys love to say it's like oh you just haven't met me yet and i'm like okay, you're gross Go away.
0: um yeah i mean i mean, i'm literally just playing devil's advocate yeah, no it's good it's i wonder good. i wonder if if there's just a period of crisis right now
2: yeah but i think explore it It's confusing
0: sometimes. There's kind of really close female friendships and you're like, what's going on? I don't understand. I don't want to spend time with anyone else but you.
2: I think if you're more leaning towards the gay bisexual side, that would be confusing. But I feel Mm. like women who are not and men who are no or who are not gay probably wouldn't feel those feelings Hmm. i think that's just me (laughs) yeah that's what separates us a little bit from you know heterosexual um feelings is you don't many years of confusion (laughs) although women do have intense relationships i mean some of my closest friends especially growing up we had really intense relationships but i was pleased as we got older it's like you can't do that anymore like that's not normal unless you're in a relationship you know an actual sexual relationship um but yeah i'm um, i don't know yeah that's it that's all i got okay we have
1: time for one more question quiz. question is from jenny so jenny says that her girlfriend is going on holiday to the Dinosaur weekend which is this what? weekend right Yeah, I think it
2: is. I've I've seen a lot of um, uh, Instagram stories with people.
1: Yeah, so have I. So her girlfriend's going on holiday with her big group of lesbian friends to the Dinah Shore weekend. I've known about this for a while, but as the date approaches, I'm feeling really jealous. I'm not invited. What do I do with these feelings? Okay, (laughs) actually,
2: now that you've asked this question, I realize that my second my first relationship in London with a woman, the same thing happened to me. So she no yes. So we were together for like three months, and then she went to Dinah Shore, and this was booked way before we got together, obviously. Mm. Um, and I felt we weren't technically no, maybe we were only together like a month and a half. It was still really early days, and I um, and I remember thinking, do I have any right to be? Jealous? Mm. I- am I being a bit OTT? We haven't established the girlfriend label yet, mm-hmm. but I don't really want her to sleep with anyone. Slash, do I have a place of asking if she's sleeping with anyone? Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So, but she did text me. I think the night before. No, I think the night before she left, or she had got she arrived, and she just said, "Don't worry." Like I didn't ask anything. I didn't intimate anything. I played it cool, even though I was like stressing out. Mm. Um, and she she said something like a really sweet message, something to the effect of you know, don't worry, I only have eyes for you or blah, blah, blah. I don't know, some bullshit like that. Mm. And that made me feel really sweet. And she texted me and she called me all the time while she was there. And I was like, go and enjoy yourself, you know. But I also knew she was there with other girls who quite like to, like, just be on the hunt, Mm. you know. So it is, it's a, like, I think that if you're at the beginning of a relationship, that would be really stressful because the only thing I'd be thinking is a bunch of chicks in bathing suits, at a pool, wasted, That's exactly what everybody's going to think. Like, but that's exactly what's happening.
1: Because that is the reality of it, yeah, exactly. Have you
2: been to Dinosaur?
1: No, I haven't. I like back in the day, like O D used to say, "I'm gonna go to Dinosaur someday." But now I'm like, my worst literal nightmare is going to Dinosaur. Too many people, too much like stuff going on, too much boozing. Yeah, not into it.
2: Yeah, same. Have you been to Dinah? No. Yeah. But if
1: Dinah Shore wanted to pay for us to go to Dinah Shore, <laughs> I actually have no desire to see go it for ourselves. Would get we Cherry even Grove. want to go? No. I want to hire a cottage on Cherry Grove. I actually really yeah. want to do Cherry Grove. Should
2: we do that next summer? Yeah. We were told by friends we need to get that um asap.
1: Book. We d- we do need to do like that. like a year
2: in advance. Okay, so what's our advice to Jenny? I think, Jenny,
1: the fact of the matter is you're not going to like this, the fact that your girlfriend is going to dinosaur. To To all of Mal's points, there's half-naked chicks and bikinis and there's swimming pools and there's all of that stuff going on. Cocktails. No one really wants to think of their girlfriend being in that situation when they're not there. However, fundamentally, it comes back to trust do you trust that your girlfriend is just going to have a nice time with her friends and
2: not do anything? A nice trashy time. And it ni- is trashy. It's going to
1: be trashy. <laughs> I mean, but she could just as easily, if there's trust issues in your relationship, she could just as easily be at, you know, Dolson Superstore on a Saturday night and you might feel the same way if you don't trust her. So just maybe have an open conversation, make sure that you're, Three C's, maybe not the carbs because it's dinosaur, but your communication, most importantly. Feed her all
2: the carbs yeah. feed her all yeah. she's fat yeah. in that bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Carbs. Feed her up.
1: <laughs> Let's not recommend that advice. Let's say trust rather than feed your girlfriend carbs so that she is fat before she goes to dinosaur. I
2: mean, why not? We're
1: terrible people. If you're jealous,
2: do it. I mean, I'm not saying like you should be jealous, <laughs> but I'm just saying it's 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 an option. It's a solution.
1: it is a option. and um, you know, this is purely unsolicited advice, Jenny, especially so. if
2: you're a cray cray exactly so, you
1: know. so so choose what you want to. What you want to believe from the facts <laughs> Girls. All right. I think that's the end of the question. We actually have a few more questions, but maybe we'll save them for another episode. Because maybe we'll ask turned, another like, future
0: two... guest and see what they think.
1: That's a good idea. All right.
2: What do you
0: mean? Well, if you have a future guest in the in the future, um, <laughs> we could like turn some of these questions on uh, to them.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good awesome. Idea. well guys thank you all for sending your questions through to us we've thoroughly enjoyed answering them we just want to reiterate we are not professional obviously and um you know but send through your questions we're always happy to uh give our advice and our opinions um and we'll uh we'll chat to you next week
0: cool see you later thank you bye bye, bye.